this computer. There we go. All right. Thanks for hopping in to another episode of Double B Creates. Uh, we're changing it up a little bit today. We're actually hanging out with, uh, I guess I call you my neighbor. Yeah, the neighbor, Mike. <laughs> <Peterson. laughs> Big handsome gentleman that uh, decided to give us an hour of his time. I'm sorry. <laughs> you uh, might know him from an episode of Forged in Fire, which we'll get into a little bit. Uh, we're currently sitting in his <laughs> shop where he does all of these blades and works his uh, master craft and wizardry. I don't know about master, but yeah. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for hopping on, Mike. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day and just hang out oh hey hey this is, ought to be fun you know a little pr doesn't hurt that <laughs> how broad the bases you know trying to make this go full-time eventually so i hope this helps you you guys and me so yes indeed so um i actually looked at a house that was like four houses away from you that was for sale mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> we locked our agent's keys in her car <laughs> while we were looking at it and um her her co-agent or she's co-agent i don't know whichever lives um just up the road that way mm-hmm. and so she was like hell we can hop in my truck we just got to walk like a mile <laughs> so we were walking by and i was like oh shit there's a knife making place i can get to know this guy mm. so it ended up actually working out and probably regretting <laughs> it every day so. <laughs> <laughs> heavens so so from what I'm told, um, the shop used to be your dad's, your mm-hmm. grandfather's? Um, no, it was my dad's. Um, <clears throat> this property, mom and dad used to, uh, bought back in 1970. Um, it was basically then just the house. Um, they bought it uh, right after they got married. Dad was just barely drafted, um, come back from boot camp. And uh, they bought this place. And then shortly after, dad shipped off to Vietnam for about 18 months. They come back and they've been, you know, we lived here up till 93. Um, then my grandfather passed away in 91. They decided, well, you can't, you know, playing taxes on both places, you know, which one do you want most? Well, we've kept the family farm, moved out to the family farm in 93, and uh, basically lived on the floor as we remodeled the house and everything else. But yeah, it was fun. <laughs> so, and then 20, literally 20 years later, this house came up on foreclosure, so I was trying to get it. Well, somebody came in and bought it, and um, we're like, oh, man, disappointed. Well, come to find out, the people who bought it with some really good friends with mom and dad has been for years. They found out I was interested, offered it to me as a rental at the beginning, and then I got tired of putting repairs into it. Like, so how about we just sell it this? We'll carry the contract, and you just buy it, and we don't have to deal with it more. Like, all right. That worked out for the best for you. Yeah. You know, I, you know, these shops here, you know, this, this shop used to be a granary. Um, the other shop was part of a, I believe it was a, either a shop or a scale house for the railroad uh, stop in Sigurd. Dad get, um, before he went to Vietnam, he was also working on the railroad that went through here. And uh, I need a drink. Hold on. I don't know how old this water is, but we're going to find <laughs> out. Oh, that's disgusting. Um. <laughs> But, uh, um, so he bought that and gathered that up and put that together back in 83. Uh, that's not like two years before I was born. And I was like about three years old, we, uh, two or three years old when they bought this place. Originally, I was going to put it on the back of the house as an addition. But about that time, you know, my dad was getting more into the making knives and 
I decided, well, you know, I want to take it and make it a shop. So it was sitting where my pickup is, where you came in. That's where it sat. They brought it in, picked it up off the trailer, jacked it up, lowered it down. He spent uh, a couple weeks with jacks pushing this, turned it sideways, and pushed it, what, 40 feet, Damn. and pushed it into place where it is today. Um, kind of funny, uh, one, of the, one of Dad's friends decided that was too much work. Brought down his great big four-wheel drive Ford tractor back in the day, and there was a tree on the corner here with a you know a cutoff part. So they ripped the chain over it, wrapped around the building. Well, <clears throat> all they managed to do is bury this Ford tractor clear down to the axles, trying to move this, in, <laughs> and it moved it that much. So, oops. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm sure if it would have been sitting on um, you know some skids or something, it would have worked. But it was just basically sitting on the foundation of this then you know didn't you dad said he worked all day one day and moved, managed to move it one foot jeez the barn you know jacks and bars and come alongs and <laughs> that's it you know just like you know that's how they built the pyramids so yeah with fifty thousand people <laughs> no except we're just down in march i can i was probably like two or three when that happened i can Remember a little bit of it, and still I can still peach, see pictures in my head of it being moved. But uh, you know, I was like this tall, and everything looked gigantic. <laughs> so, but yeah, very cool. And it's cool to be back in the you know where Dad started, and then you know make it make it my own now. Well, that's nice. So, I got a story actually. Go ahead. Keep it in the family. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. Literally 20 years later, it was fall of 2013, um, we moved in. And I'm about to, oh, I started working on this, this shop probably nine months later, trying to get stuff it moved in. And it's took me five years to get it where I'm at now. So getting there. So what got you into making knives? Well, I grew up around it. Um, dad started. Uh, Dad's always wanted to make knives. He's forged on and off since he was little. I've watched Dad make knives my whole entire life. You know, when um, the other shop that's over here, um, watching Dad build in, just, I don't know, I guess it kind of runs in the blood. And just at about nine, ten years old, just started deciding, I want to do it. And then I found out, hey, you can sell that for money. <laughs> the The short answer to that, Brad, is he's a man and men fucking loves knives. Exactly. <laughs> Hold on, let me go grab a couple of you and look at. Like my stiletto knife. <laughs> also, if you want to reach over to get where your backpack is, a couple of swords right there I'm working on. Oh, I'll bet he's wishing he was here now. No, that's an 18 hour drive. <laughs> oh come on you can do it in about 16 if you hurry <laughs> yeah that's, if i hurry <clears throat> oh if you can see that's a katana i made 15 years ago that i now just getting to finish it because well i don't know what the hell i'm doing and i'm just <laughs> winging it hey that's how you learn right yeah i know the story on this one yes the sword of valor for valor printing <laughs> yeah dun 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 so on side effects here. <laughs> there you go. That That's uh, three billets of cable. We've been working on that. I've been working on that for about two years now. I need to get it done. 
but I get it to a certain point and I get scared and don't want to work it on anymore. Well, there's a huge process too that I don't think a lot of people understand. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, even me, because that's like <laughs> the only second, that's like the third sort of memory. I made one about like yay long ones and that was just easy, but stuff like that, that's. Yeah, like these ones I've looked at already. No, that's the bread and butter right When there. I came over for your barbecue. These ones are super cool. And I picked the wrong day. I, I didn't realize that was Memorial Weekend. Oh, I didn't like, either. I thought it was like the next weekend, one, but no. <laughs> what I should have done is had it on Monday when all the traffic was coming through. I mean, there was so much, basically the same thing here. Um, <clears throat> there was so much traffic on the main road. I could have diverted a lot of that in as well. Was that all antler or? Yeah, that's, these are both uh, elk antler. Um, tends to be real popular. Um, here's a buoy I'm working on. That's a sub hill. And I, again, don't have a clue what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. And like dad says, uh, knife making is like 90% screwing it all up and 10% figuring out how to fix it all. And somehow at the end, it comes together. It's kind of like life. Mm, too much. <laughs> yeah, work on first ever belt buckle. I got to drill and uh, put the parts for the belt to get on there and the, the hook. So a little belt buckle. We've actually been talking about doing some belt buckles. Wow. They're going to be pricey though. <laughs> well, I'm, that's about, about 200 bucks right there. Mm -hmm. That's Damascus. So that's probably cheap compared to some other people. But oh, it's made out of the guy's chains. I guess he's an old uh, chef. But uh, he's retired from being a chef and now sailing the ocean and carving ice. <laughs> so when I, if he sent me his chains down, start, you know, forging it up. Why do I smell French fries? Oh, he's using uh, uh, vegetable oil on the chains. He's all, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh. it's, uh, got kind of hungry forging those down. It was weird. <laughs> so, um, like I said, it's, it's a huge process. Like, you've got the... Well, yeah, you've got like a thousand steps, and then if well, you do, I don't know about a thousand, <laughs> but uh, well, you know, depends on what kind of um, these knives you just seen are are uh, cable, which I guess I should have brought some props in, but oh well. <clears throat> I've got some uh, inch and I think inch and a half, inch and a quarter cable out there, and I got some bigger inch and three quarter, and I cut it down to about a foot uh, piece. I'll uh, weld both ends in, put a handle on it, and then start forging it. And what I'll do is I'll take about three to four inches at a time, maybe a little bit more, like it tends to happen. It's like, well, I didn't want that much, but okay, we're going with it. And so we open <laughs> it up, clean it, flux the hell out of it, tight, twist that down as tight as I can get it without it coming apart. And then, uh, you know, each section just forge weld it down until it's all the way but into a solid bar. Then I clean it all off again. I flux the whole entire thing, and I start at the back. I bring it up forge weld heat, yeah, yeah, forge weld heat, and I work it all the way down into a, a bar stock, you know, flatten it out and everything. The reason why I do it a forge weld again is to reinforce the billet, see if, there, if there's any internal inclusions that hopefully close up and seal off and be a even better bar. So, and then from there, you know, you just forge the blades out and. <clears throat> you know, forge them out to blanks like that, and then go to grind them, and clean it up, and 
It almost looks like a ruck. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, it's got a lot of scale on it because what I did is I, I've got a uh, propane forge I recently picked up. And I thought uh, using it for events and such going around. But also it's been really kind of nice just to throw a match in that thing. Excuse me. Of course, heartburn here going on. Yay. Um, it's a lot easier to throw a match in that thing. That thing's going. Um, doesn't take very long to get up to heat. Um, instead of paying 20 minutes, cleaning the coal, coke out of the forge, clean the clinkers out, bitching because this is not working. Uh, <laughs> spend 15, 20 minutes just to get the damn thing to light because there's been times that I've had to start it like three different times, like seriously. Um, but uh, it's nice. It's something I've been playing with, and I put two or three blanks in there, piece of the steel, and pull one out, work, work, I'll put it in, take the knives in, do random, so... It's been kind of fun. Um, Makes it a little bit more efficient. A little bit. Um, the propane is not as high BTU as Coke or coal. Um, I use Coke forges for mainly for now with the bigger steels or bigger blades. But uh, it's just kind of from that process, it's been kind of cool. It's, um, especially with my daughter um, starting to play mm -hmm. around with it. It's a little easier. She can see the blade in the fire because um, – you know, you got your coke fire, you got your blade in there. It's kind of hard. Then you can melt a knife like that. Trust me, I've melted a few. <laughs> <laughs> Man, who hasn't? I mean, pull it out and like, ah, well, hell, you, you've seen the episode. You, you know, walk off for a minute uh, and come back. Well, the half of the back of the spine was burned. I, you know, I go, oh, could have been so screwed. Um, but uh, again, pulled the rabbit out of my hat and <laughs> somewhere else too. But did you watch that episode yet? I did. Good. So I, when we talked about it, you said when you come home and did the uh, Bardiche, uh, that two weeks was like hell. Well, it wasn't two weeks. It was five. The whole, the whole part thing was, thing two, was two weeks. weeks. Yeah. I mean, okay. it was nine days straight from the time I flew out to the, I came, uh, you know, was done, built so they could ship it out to, because it takes about a week for it to get back there and a week and a half before you fly back out again. It was nine days. I mean, by that end of that nine days, the next day I slept for damn near 24 hours. I was beat, but, um, you know, I was way out of my element. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, you'd never cut me dead in front of a camera. Uh-uh. You know, that was, uh, it was nerve wracking, but it was also fun at the same time. Of course, you know, behind the scenes on the way there, I was the worry work. Well, shit, I'm not going to, in between the things. And it's like, well, I'm down, I'm done. I'm out of here. Would you knock it off? They could tell me. <laughs> um, but, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, that first day was grueling hot. It was 106. Um, uh, well, I think it's right, 90, 92% humidity. Jeez. So we're, we're here out here in the high desert. <laughs> I'm one mile. This place is like one mile from the Atlantic, Lo the Atlantic Ocean. Ocean. <laughs> Ocean. Atlantic Ocean. And, uh, yeah, I don't – me and humidity don't agree. I mean, get humidity around here. It's like, screw that. Sit in front of the AC for the rest of the day. Um, but, um, of course they waited until, you know, the sun was up there nice and bright and, <laughs> you know, building the Ford wasn't that big of a deal. I've done that with a kid. I was like, I chuckled when they, we finally figured things out what we're going to like, oh, this can be easy. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that massive bar of 1095, um, I don't have anything here really for reference. That's fine. Oh, actually, you uh, know, Okay, that's probably that scale. But something about that wide, about that tall, 12 inches. 
she was hoping it was 12, but no. <laughs> but 12 inches of, uh, by inch and a half by inch and a half square bar of 1095. Now, <clears throat> I've never played with 1095 ever until that day. Um, it's kind of like 01, but it's just low, lower than 01. 01 is 1% uh, carbon to that steel. Mm. Um, 1095 is, um, I don't remember, what the, it's 10 series and 0.95% carbon. Instead of one, it's just one point one. With that straight high carbon steel, the heat when you heat it up, it loses heat fast. Mm -hmm. Mild steel, <clears throat> and even this uh, rod iron, this raw iron that I'm playing with, uh, that holds heat like no other. But anyway, I digress back to that's out of a wagon wheel I'm playing with. That's same as these guards here, so that ought to be pretty cool. Um. So we get working, and you know, I'm thinking, okay, I can just get this on, but you know, I got big arms. I can, I can work this shit down, you know. I can just beat the hell out of this stuff, and I'm, and of course, I got the wrong tongs. There's no welder out there to weld a handle onto this damn thing, and I'm beating on it like, like an hour, and I'm like, what in the hell are we doing? And I look back, and Tim, uh, Tim Troyer, he's over there, just he had enough because he went over there, he's over there shaving like. Oh, hell yeah. So I get over there, chuck a bar up there, and I'm grinding the way. We're going through discs, like left and right, cutting this bar. <laughs> Finally, I, I like an hour later, I get a, a chunk down. And I start working that some bitch down and getting it straightened out. And it's not going to plan. Of course, it's forged fire. Nothing goes to plan. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff you see on that TV does not happen here in this shop. But trust me. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, you go from the – well, you guys seen it, and I'm sure everybody else is probably watching this seen it. Um, it just went progressive. Um, there's a point, they didn't show it and I'm surprised, uh, about halfway through, I was so hot. Um, I started feeling, losing the feeling in my legs. Couldn't feel my toes. Like a heat stroke? Uh, no, just, uh, um, what it was is, um, hyperlazing. I wasn't breathing deep enough, mm -hmm. getting enough oxygen. So I was deprived of oxygen and that's what was going on. Plus the heat. So I, I, I just, where are you going? I says, I've got to go cool down. There's, if I don't go cool down, I'm going to drop. That's before I burnt my steel. So I'll just let me clarify that part. I went in, sit down. My heart rate was like 155. Blood pressure's way up there. Sitting there on oxygen and everything out. They turned the big fan on. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, uh, Tim comes in. He, his fingers are all turning weird and such. Because lack of oxygen, your fingers will turn weird directions. Weird as hell. Mm. Uh, it was really weird. Um, hey, damn, I almost got the little bastard. I hate flies. That was close. Um, so, oh, no, no, I catch him. I had one get stuck in the glue over here, and I was like, ha-ha. <laughs> Pushed him into the glue. So, And it just, you know, cooled off. Finally got our bearings, and we went back out. We uh, finished. I was able to get a blade out. Burnt the shit out of the back of it. Um, then went in the second round the next day, because, it, you know, it takes actually three days to, to film that. You can't do it all one day, mm -hmm. unfortunately. <laughs> But I uh, um, just went through and when I started doing the test and I, you know, they were, you know, they, before they start real filming, they band will square up on how he's going to stab and everything on anybody's blade. And we're sitting there like, come on. He just thought, okay, here we go. No, it's not. You're like, you're like, you're coming to a run. You're like, you're running in your body, but you're standing still. And, and he stops that blade right before he gets the 10. And like, you're like, damn it. <laughs> and then when he starts doing it, it's like, oh shit. And I was, you know, got to my blade. I was watching where he stabbed and watching the floor, watching where he stabbed, which is floor, because I knew any second that blade's going to go, because I broke it, you know, 
and I was thinking it's going to drop the floor and everything else. And, but, uh, somehow it survived. Um, of course I only beat, uh, Tim by a tip, you know, his tip curled over and rolled the edge and that was, you know, on the cut test. That wasn't the, didn't cut like John's and mine did all right as well. Um, it was just, uh, I guess sheer luck. Then we come home and I get on the plane. Of course, I'm dead. I'm sleeping on the plane all the way here. <laughs> I get home about 11 o'clock that night and starting right at nine o'clock the next morning. So I didn't get a whole lot of sleep running around this house, trying to get things tightened up for the producers get here, get things in here. Cause once the producer gets here, you can, you know, you can't go out by this or whatever, hmm. unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, get working that steel down and of course one thing i hated is when the, you you know you do your interview you film it and then afterwards you sit down and you, then you got to talk in the present tense so they can dev it over the thing I'm like oh i hated that <laughs> but all in all it was you know when it finally got it done um i, I was i was glad i was done i was like i'm not doing any more damn work this thing and i i finished off early box it up they shipped it i crawled in bed and slept for about 24 hours i was Jeez. done i was done then we flew back and did the testing and, um they went through john's there and then they went mine well as everybody knows mine was 11 pounds originally it started out 13 and a half i was able to t i heard and took a lot of weight off of it <laughs> drilling some more holes in it and cussing like a sailor and then i looked over and Oh, there's a camera. Oh, yeah. I'm being recorded. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they didn't show any of that. I mean, I was just bitching about something. I, um, because, you know, I was, I was exhausted because this is something I normally don't do. You got a camera. You got a guy asking you questions while you're working. And it's like, shut up. I'm trying to work, damn it. <laughs> um, so I was way out of my element. And it, it was, again, it was a lot of fun. And uh, they got going through the motion and Doug, you know, cutting the pig up. And when he got done, if you look, if you notice, his glasses are kind of fogged up, and he's just sweating to beat the band. I mean, he full face of sweat, and um, I have to hand it off to him. I mean, for me, I'm a big dude, and I still have a hard time. Uh, all right, hold on, let me check this, make sure. Yeah, I'll text. Hold on, my daughter. Dad duty. Yep. Dad duties. Usually, it's Kevin doing that. Yeah. I was like, I'm here. This is the first time this is not going to happen to me. <laughs> yep. I think it happens in probably 90% of our episodes. I have a kid walk into my office. I'm like, I told you to start off. Oh, come on. They just want to see what dad's doing. Can I uh, say hi? No. So, you know, he's sitting there and he's huffing and puffing. He's sweating. He's just a sweating. I wish they would have left it in. <clears throat> and uh, I says, oh, Doug, you got a hell of a workout there. And he goes, yeah. And that's when he says, but talks about this. This thing's at 11 pounds. You know, he, I was talking about right before that. And I said, Huh. Now you know what it felt like filming out in that hot sun, don't you? And he looks at the Bardish and he's sitting there still panting a little bit. And he looks at the pig, looks at me and goes, Touche, touche, sir. And it was all oh, about died and lost it. It was funnier than hell. <laughs> and then about that time, uh, <clears throat> well, you know, John turns around, pulls his shirt, and he's like, It will kill in his back. And of course, Will's making fun of him. <laughs> he's like, Who shaved your back? Well, my wife wouldn't do it. My so my coworker, my uh, part, business partner shaved his back, and he's like, Will's like, you let a man shave your back? He's like, what? <laughs> he kept Will's like, whatever. But uh, what was really funny is when they did the, the uh, watermelon slice, Will hates watermelon. It's funnier. It was funnier in hell. Um, 
don't know if I should say this, but we're going to anyway. Uh, he's over there just like, oh, it's getting gross. I, I so wanted to run over there, grab a piece of water, and chase Will down. But no, my luck, I would have got decked. <laughs> would have been worth it, but uh, he's like, I can, see, I can be up in my arms, blood and guts, and human body parts, and watermelon. You got it. And there's a few other explanatory, but it was funny. All the judges were awesome. Uh, ben, uh, Dave Baker, um, Doug, uh, Will, is all, they're all great people. And it was a lot of fun. And at the end, we got to sit there and bullshit for about a half hour. And, and, uh, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. I hope that made sense. So how did you get on the show? Like, what what got you to go to that show? <clears throat> well, um, when they first came out, you know, as I think it was like third or second or third season, fourth season or somewhere in there, um, my one cousin – um, she uh, and her family watch it all the time. They show like, you need to check this show out. You need to. Check. Well, I didn't have cable, so I thought, all right. So I got cable. Check the show. Oh, that's kind of cool. Watch a few episodes here and there. So about a year of her bugging me. I'm fine. So I'm on the computer. I'm bored as hell. Live alone. Kids weren't home. All right, fill out this big ass complicated. Uh, and it took me an hour. Have you made this? Well, yeah. Have you made this? Da, 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 da. And I took a bunch of pictures and submitted everything. About a month, they called me back and said, hey, we'd like to do a Skype interview with you and blah, blah, blah. And so they did all that. Um, and it set for a year. And I was curious. All right, I got watching the show, got more. I was like, you know what? I'm getting psyched up. I want to go do this. So I emailed them again. And uh, they called me back. Yeah, he says, yeah, you were on the uh, wait list for Phil in case somebody canceled for season five, but we're, or season four, but we're working on season five now. Let's update your file and redo everything. Um, that was in April of 18. Um, didn't hear anything until like late July, like around the 24th. Get a phone call from a producer, said da 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 da. And it's like, uh, we, we had a guy drop out. You're next in line. We need to, you know, can you make these dates? And I says, yeah, get the plane ticket. What? But don't you need to check report and everything? Says, don't worry about it. I can get the time off, set the paperwork, send everything out. I'll get it done. The guy paused for like two <laughs> minutes, like, you don't have to clear anything. He's like, dude, trust me. The company, the people own the company, they watch the show, they're fans of it, they love my work. I can get the time. Just stamp, rubber stamp it. We'll, you know, send me a plane ticket. Let's go. Which took them kind of back. Um, and it was like a week later, I flew out. And it was like the 5th of August. I flew out, started filming, and I just went on from there. Took about a month after all said and done. You know, between travel time and wait time and everything else. And then the fun part was keeping your mouth shut. And, <laughs> um, you know, if you can't, there's, you know, you can't tell anybody until after it airs and you get sued for a million dollar type deal, which, you know, that was kind of you reading through the paper like, shit, okay. Yeah, my kids knew about it, and Daisy, she did a wonderful job of keeping. I, I'm really proud about the kids. They were they kept their mouth shut, especially Daisy. She had a classmate that just into the show, and uh, they always talked about. It. And she said, there, oh, she called me up, Daddy, can I? No, you can't. Not till it airs on TV, <laughs> or till I get that word that we can talk about it. And it actually leaked. Somebody leaked it out like two week, a week before I got the actual email. It was all over Facebook, you know, this episode and then a video clip. Uh, somebody leaked it on their internet. And if, 
little bit. I was like, all right, well, hell, it's already out there. I'm going to talk about it. A week later, I finally get the official email and, and uh, side note says, yeah, we already know some, you got out, well, you're fine. This, we just got to send it a week before like we're supposed to, but, and uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. Sit there and made my, fun of myself when we were all watching it. Of course, <laughs> about drug me nuts because it was how they filmed it and how they edited it and everything. It's like, wow, this is not how it went, but okay, <laughs> this is out of sequence. This but. is not the fun time I had. Yeah, exactly. It's like I said, come on, fat boy, you can handle it. Suck it up. <laughs> and uh, I had a bunch of people showed up. We uh, had a little party, and I probably 50 people showed up. Nice. So it was fun. Not as much as John Wigger. I mean, he had like 300 people. To, and it's like, oh, I see how you are, but what? But the thing is, it was right before Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving. So a lot of people are going out of town. They're like, ah, why can't they hustle? I don't know what to tell you. I'm not in control of it. But it was a lot of fun. That's for damn sure. Well, there's a camp knife right there if you want to show them. Right there, big blade. Well, I thought that was the one that you said don't touch. No, it's sharp, so. You said not to bump something. Uh, oh, the one behind you. That one. That one's probably fine now. Okay. That one is just glued. A little camp knife here. A little? It's just a baby. That's a little knife. <laughs> oh, that's a knife. A little camp knife, you know, hatchet slash, you know, axe. And... I like that leather riveted handle. That's um, cool. Cameron did that for me. I was uh, in a hurry trying to get those done and packing the same day. We go out to Dusty Rhodes uh, shop out there. We spent a weekend out there hammering them. Oh, of course. I knew it. <laughs> I spent 20 minutes looking for this earlier. I gave up and built another one. This is what I used to tap on uh, um, well, the guards. Here, let me grab this one out of here. When I'm pressing down the, I'll take that excess glue. We got the little guard here doing on this. You take it, put the knife in the vise, and you tap that down so you can get a nice even fit on that knife. And I spent 20 minutes looking for it. And I said, sure, I'll make another one, get it all done, and, and then I'll find it. Yeah, well, as yeah, you can see, you have an extra one. Yeah. Actually, I had to, and I don't know where the other one went. <laughs> but... Sounds You're like gonna my... find it when you gotta build another one. That's for sure. Oh no, yeah, no, it's that's been years ago. So <laughs> actually, I think I might have given it to somebody. <laughs> but, uh, Cameron did that uh, leather work, and he built the sheath for it for me because I was like running all over hell trying to get ready to go fly out on another plane. That was fun wearing a bloody mask on that. Oh, <laughs> um, so I'll be glad when the election's over with. I know we don't probably don't want to go political, but I'll be glad when it's over with. And all this bullshit disappears real quick. Because then it's going to be, oh, impeach Trump. Uh, we need to file in the courts. This is a, not an election and blah, blah, blah. And COVID will disappear. I guarantee it. I've been saying that since it started. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> um, you know, my family's all been preppers for years. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, it made me a little bit nervous. I went. Uh, I was right when the, uh, you know, the toilet paper crisis was going. Just starting to go. And they had the case lot sell. Well, every like three, two, three years, I'll go buy a shitload of case lot sell. I'm in there shopping. There's people here a little bit of this whole like, You might want to stock up because next week shit's going to hit the fan. Why? Because it's going to hit the fan. Why is that? Because they're going to pull some shit on people and they're going to, 
And they did, and, and then everybody panicked, and it was funny. People that sit there and made fun of my family for years about preparedness, they're all in their stack and panicking, and it was so much fun. <laughs> so much fun making fun of them. And you know, Oh, you can use to call my family crazy? Look at you guys now, huh? That's another one I like is that, uh, what is it, uh, disaster preppers? Doomsday preppers. Oh, I've seen that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no comment. <laughs> what you're seeing on tv is made for tv on oh, it is it is with most of those shows and uh but like we got a group of what how many we got in there now 30 something probably 30 of we just like bounce ideas and we're mm -hmm. like hey they're got a huge deal on ready wise dehydrated food go yeah stock up. yeah go stock up you know i mean you, you can prep very easily every every paycheck you know you just buy you said a little that $50, you know, $50, you buy this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. Canned goods here, make sure you rotate them out. Um, you don't have to lose your damn mind and spend a million dollars. You just do it over time. And on the time of that, you know, the stuff that needs to be, you know, okay, so you don't go grocery shopping this week. We eat this, this, and this item because it's about to expire. Mm -hmm. Then you go back and buy more. You get rotation of stuff. Um, <clears throat> then you get into the long-term storage of grains, which is easy to do. Um, you know, five-gallon bucket, three trash bags that are just the plain trash bags. You put three of those inside your bucket, fill it full, you know, this much grain. Put your either oxygen eaters or one-inch cube of dry ice, you know, so that way it pushes the oxygen out. Um, that way any weevil, you have to hatch, won't have anything to bring, so they die, so your wheat's fine. You sell out all off the next day because you don't want to put a bucket together with dry ice because, you know, it's <laughs> going to blow stuff apart. I've seen, I've done That's that. That's the fun part. Well, you know, you sleep in bed and you hear this, poof, what the hell? And you go in and you got rice scattered all over your <laughs> over your floor because you left everything in that pressurized up and blew everything out. That was not fun. But uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of ways to prayer. You know, there's canning, you know, we do. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't done any this year. Mom, thank God mom did it because I've been busy doing this. You know, I'm one bed until my kids are only here every other weekend. And uh, so, yeah, I guess enough to preference up back the knives. Take two. <laughs> but uh, we tend to sidebar. Oh, I, I do. Sidebar a lot. Oh, trust me. I, you're here in the shop. We'll be starting about this, and then we'll get off on this, or politics, or this, or that neighbor down there is an asshole or something, or <laughs> that damn dog, or the horses. I mean, I mean, we're, we're the ADD club here. Don't, don't feel bad. <laughs> so, um you talked about wanting to do this full time um, before we kind of started recording. Oh, yeah. So I thought that we kind of come back to that because like we both work real jobs too. Like this mm -hmm. is our hobby. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're kind of in the same boat trying to figure out. How, how do we go from transition from something we don't really like to do anymore to, to this and make money off of it? Exactly. Um, it's uh, been... Well, since I did the show and everything, I thought maybe, well, boop, oh, God, that's a big old hole. I'm going to go over here and quit showing that belly there. <laughs> I'm wearing my, one of my shirts that got ate up by Sparks. But uh, back to what I was saying, um, I formed an LLC, formed hmm. a business and everything else, and uh, just been working on there, just kind of building things up little by little. Um, things picked up really good for a while. And then the COVID, this BS hit. So it's kind of set back maybe a little bit. But uh, 
Um, working on business plan to get a little bit of funding. Um, I've got enough equity in my house that I can probably, once I get to that spot, I'm going to pull that off and I'm just going to, I'm done driving truck. I've been driving truck for 15 years. I'm just, it's, you know, I'm a big boy and there's that hand to mouth problem. And when you're driving truck, you get bored and you get hungry and (laughs) soda pops and trying to keep yourself going. But, you know, it's a good job and everything. It's just, it's not, not what you're passionate about. No, no. I, you know, I'm, Last five years, I've been able to do this more because I'll have my shop. Before, I had to go over and share a shop with dad and work around or work after work. And now I can go work, go right to my shop and dick around or go in the house, take a nap, and then come out and play. But um, my goal is to, you know, do like dad was, you know, just eventually go full time. But I just need to have that little capital um, to do so. I'm going to do this. I want to expand it. Um, I've got an apprentice. Uh, he's paid apprentice when he gets the chance to come work. He's back in school right now, but when he does, he comes over. We, uh, it's just phenomenal what we can do. Anyway, we're cutting, cutting bolstered. He's over here drilling them, putting the pins in them. We stack them. We go over here and grind them, shape them. We did in like four, four hours one day, what would have took me damn near a week by myself, that many blades. Jeez. Um, wow. So paying him the ten dollars an hour I was paying him, that I pay him, was weighted. It's weighted gold. I mean, it just yeah, it might have cost half a knife, but uh, the production was double, if not triple. So it was, you know, it's it's been a learning experience, and I've got that working. It works. I've been taking a social media marketing class, and got some, you know, Cameron Pearson. He helps with the page and. Uh, working with Mallory Johansson, she does social media marketing. She's helped a lot. Um, Stockton comes to work. Um, Daisy's been on and off for the last year playing with knives. So that's how she got the dog. That's her dog, not mine. So <laughs> want to clarify, that's her dog. I just babysit it when she's not here. Um, she made a knife, traded the camera for the, the pup, and now she's got one. Well, it's out in the oven. Uh, one we did a – well, you've seen the auction. I think it was a, that's where we're talking – yeah. She's out there forging on. She had a lot of fun because she wanted to make money to buy her own cell phone because that way it's her phone and nobody else can take with it, even though there's still going to be rules on it she might not like. But uh, that's that's the first goal. And then, the, then I'm taking on a, another big goal, the restaurant. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't think – I can't remember if I put anything on the page, but uh, we're going to do uh, – we're working on a business plan for Mike's Damascus Bar and Grill. Cool. Family rest, one size family. Has, <clears throat> and I quote, this is Daisy, because we're at a steakhouse. And that's how kind of this idea kind of formed. Um, Daisy's idea is family on one side, adults on the other side. And I was like, why is that? Well, there's some adults who just want to go have a dinner and not listen to somebody's little whiny brat, cry and scream and throw stuff at them. How old are you? <laughs> She's um, she turned 11. And it's like, where did you come up with this? And we were up in uh, Heber City delivering some knives uh uh, uh timber knives um up there who's carrying our line of knives up there um so we went up there dumped them off then went screwing off around heber city because you know that's where my grandfather's from hmm. on the, my mother's side that's where mom was born my aunt and uh we were out there dicking around and uh we were having dinner and come up with this idea and she went, we went back to the hotel she's out there for a little book and got a picture i've got to get it framed before we lose it 
but uh, we'll have an idea how the restaurant's going to look. Well, it's not going to look exactly like an anvil how we first thought, but we got to think about this and that. But the entranceway when you walk in, it's going to look like a big ass anvil. You should walk in. So one side, you know, you got, and hopefully, <clears throat> even though this backward state has got screw the liquor laws, hopefully we can put like a little mini bar on the adult side. So if somebody wants a steak and a shot of whiskey, by God, they have the right to do it. And I have the right to serve it to them. My opinion. So that's where lawyers hopefully part that's their problem i actually uh forget <clears throat> that our daughters are like almost the exact same age <laughs> mine just turned 11 as well yeah uh, yeah she turned 11 on the fifth nice. this month so and she's starting to take a little bit more liking to it i mean i'm not gonna push her she come out and work when she wants to i think like like dad says once she starts uh making money and seeing that that's that's what was being you know hey it was fun way to even though sometimes it's aggravating as hell now on certain projects that I'm way behind because I'm taking my time with it because I don't want to screw it up. But uh, it's a great way to make money. Yeah, I did the lawn mowing, <clears throat> and I was actually thinking about it the other day. I was like, man, when I was a kid, I used to go collect rocks, and I'd paint them for people. Hmm? Or, like, paint them and take them around the neighborhood and sell them for, like, a dollar. A dollar, yeah. <laughs> I, when I was real little, we had mold growing on the house. I was trying to sell it for a nickel. You want, you want some mold for a nickel? Nice. And I think I sold one piece of mold once for like a nickel. <laughs> That's awesome. So, oh no, evil capitalism. Oh no. She'd been giving that mold away for free. <laughs> moss. It was moss is what it was. It's growing on the house there on the old wooden shingles. But. Uh, so I was going to lead into one more question when we were talking about going full time. Um, what's your addition? Take five. You're rubbing off on me. Uh, you wish. What's your... <laughs> Sorry, I can resist. There's a lot of dick jokes that go on in this shop and such. Their library's like, how come you got such big arms? It's, well, it must be swinging that hammer. It's like, I've been single for five years too, guys. Come on. <laughs> the delay when he hears it, finally hears it, he starts laughing. That's funnier than hell. But anyway, to I your was, question. I was going to make that joke about the, the elk bone mm. handle because every guy likes having a bone in his hand. Mm. Who doesn't? <laughs> pretty much every hand that you shake has one there yeah no shit <laughs> anyway uh what's your definition of success getting out in there and try you're not going to be successful if you don't get off your ass and go do it Makes um sense. i mean there's days you know there's days you know when you're done driving i'm in the especially the summer the heat just don't mean the heat don't like each other anymore and i'll go sit in the house and air conditioner is like nothing's gonna get done if i don't get out there so I'll rest up for a little bit and I finally get my ass out here. Even though I feel tired, about a half hour to an hour into it, I get feeling better and picking up about nine o'clock and you look, shit, it's time to go shower, go to bed so I can get up at five and go to work. Um, <clears throat> so basically my definition is get off your ass, get out there and try it regardless what people tell you. There's always going to be people who say, hey, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't quit your job. You, 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 da, 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 da. It's like, you don't know what's going to happen. No, nobody has a damn crystal ball mm -hmm. so just go out there and try so what you fail guess what you didn't really fail you figured out that's not how you do it you know um i've never been on tv before went and did it you know they had a little direction believe me i feel sorry for the editing team i'm sure they really had edited me because i was i was frustrated <laughs> um i got really frustrated you know they had to repeat this word and that but i did it um did pretty damn well you know, I, <clears throat> I should have went and got the bar. Damn it. I didn't think about that. It's over <laughs> on mom and dad's wall. 
I give it to them as a thank you because they covered my bills that whole month pretty much. Nice. Um, helped out a little bit there from what the vacation pay I didn't that didn't cover it all. So, but uh, um, just get off your ass and go try. You know, if you got a dream, go for it. So what if you if something comes up and you got to back up a minute? You know, I was trying to go full time a year ago. I had to back up. You know, I'm still going at it. Didn't give up. I'm trying new, you know, with this, the social media marketing, I have no idea what I'm doing with that. You know, I can get on Facebook and share stuff and, and, you know, trying to come up with the right posts and the right words and the keywords and this, that. And it's like, okay, but you know, I don't understand it, but I'm going to try it. You know, and thank God I got people that, you know, see that they can go in and edit my post because sometimes my spelling's not the greatest. I always do my best spell check after I hit send. Uh, usually I get too excited on something to hit send and Cameron usually fix it or Mallory now helps fix it. And, uh, or it's really, it's edited, makes it more sense. You know, sometimes I get longer and longer, longer posts because it sounds so good in my head, but really, you really should just keep it like this. And, <laughs> but, um, I would say that would be my de definition of success. Get out there and try. I like it. I like it. I think that one's very up there. Um, a lot of people just talk about like, oh, just having freedom. Well, there's that, that too. I mean, like, yeah, I would much rather. Freedom is part of it, but it's not the, damn it, I got him. <laughs> I caught the little bastard, I think. I would rather live my life and say, oh, I, I gave it my shot and mm -hmm. I failed. Well, uh, Cameron told me he had a friend who wanted a dairy farm. One of the dairy farm always oh, wanted to grow up. Well, I think his family had a dairy farm. One of his own dairy farm. Well, they did. They wait to take the chance. They went out and bought the cows, and they for seven years he lived his dream. Of course, then about that time, the milk industry, the big industry, took killed all the little mom and pop till. But for seven years, he got to live his dream. You now people, somebody asked him, "Well, you failed?" He said, no, I still got to live my dream. Big deal. We're on to something different now. So. Um, one thing I guess would be the biggest thing is try to keep that negativity out of your life. I mean, there's this shit right here, you know, of course I'm addicted to it. You know, I live alone and you know, be sitting there afterwards. I'm done just to chill out and look at stupid knees, but don't let anybody um, be a bad influence. If somebody's telling you, Oh, you can't do that. Who gives a shit? Um, oh, you know, that's a dumb idea or this is, you know, so what? It's still your passion, still your dream. Even though it might take you longer, still push through. You know, it's making knives or making guns or sewing knickknacks or drawing or whatever. Whatever passion you've got, regardless if you know what you're doing or not. And YouTube, you know, there's a lot of cool videos and everything. Just get out there and try. There's guys I'm friends with on Facebook that has been on the show. Some have, some haven't, some. Um, Watch the show. Watch Ray U. Ray U. Now that's that's. We gotta get you in touch with him and see because his story is really awesome. Um, he was basically homeless, from what I understand, when, before he even did the show. And he did the show. He had to use a buddy's backyard because he didn't have a shop or anything. And now he's got his own shop. He's got his house. He's he is a very success story. He didn't have nothing, and he still went and did it. And it's don't let you know. Well, quote Tim Troyer, um, guy was on the show with me. He had a video called the um, Heroic Peers. Hmm. Um, you know, I'll, I'll find that, send that to you. It's really good. 
uh, talk about, you know, find your heroic peers, people around you. It's going to, Hey, not only give you good counsel, but you're going to help push you. Hey, you know, yeah, this way you should, you know, maybe advise you here, but still push you forward. And that's what, with all this negativity in the political world, we really need a lot more of that. Yeah. We've, we've been working on uh, uh, accountability partnership. So we hop on a meeting like once a week is our goal. We'd be like, yo, did you knock out this? Did you do this? Did you do this? You were supposed to get get up and do it now. You know, <laughs> it's uh, I think we're going to have a lot more productivity coming up here real quick from it. You know, I, I get, get it. Life catches up and you know, I got my job and you guys got your job and such. It's just as long as you know, well, it's like my writing a book. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that or not. I've been writing a book for two years. Um, I have a really good friend. This whole thing started as an idea. Oh, uh, it, it, I was working between Vegas and Rifle running FedEx trailers. And uh, it was back when uh, it came out that Korea had a EMP weapon, supposedly. So I got thinking, well, if we get hit with a good EMP, you know, most of the things electronic, you know, computer, as you guys know, EMP, electromagnetic pulse, eats up electronics. Mm-hmm. Well, what's all our, most of our vehicles? Electronics, right? Tons of them, too. So I get planning my way to how to get home. Everything's the worst case scenario is how I think. Take the worst case scenario and plan for it, and then I need, everything else should fall in place. Well, running back and forth between rifle and home, that's planning my route and everything, and just, you know, boredom, kind of just come with this idea. And just, one day it's like, God, this sounds like a book, because I listened to a lot of Brad Thor books at the time. And his, you guys got to check that out. You'll like them. Um, and his bearing and different, like Tom Clancy and stuff like that uh, kind of stuff. And I just formed a story in my head and, and kind of went to like half a dozen different names for the main character. And I was um, hanging out with a friend of mine one night. We were sitting in BS and she was telling me about how she wants to write short stories about some stuff that, in her life. And um, I, so I told her this whole idea. And like six hours later, the sun started coming up. And, <laughs> and uh, she's like, you know, she kind of pushed me to do it, you know. And I was like, no, no, no. And so for about a month, I finally, she's like, you ever going to sit down and just write that? Fine. I took my last 10 bucks I had right before payday. Went the family dollar, bought like two or three notebooks. Of course, I had, you know, I had a pile of notebooks. Of course, my kids, they pike off of the rest of them, but one. <laughs> so two years later, I'm 370 pages, you know, single space. You know, I got a single space so I can go back and uh, write any things. But, you know, I had a good positive influence. A friend who says, just go do it. Who gives a shit if you're going to publish it? If you get it to a point, you can publish it. Who cares about, you know, grammar is not my best subject. If you've ever seen some of my posts, you're like, you really need a spell check, you know. <laughs> uh, so I just put it down and, you know, go, you know, had people read it and they read it. It's like, well, they crash and correct my spelling, but thank God. So I've got a lot of editor friends. But uh, just try to have people in your life that say, hey, do it. Who cares about, you know, you don't know what you're doing? Well, find the research. There's book, there's internet, that's that, and other. Just do it. Of course, I'm handwriting it, so and I find that really, really enjoyable. Even though I used to hate it when I was in school, have to write something or this or that, and it drove me up. Now you get older, and like this is fun. I hated it in school because I was always writing sentences because I was in trouble. Oh, same here. <laughs> I shall not do this. Double page, you know. 
single space and oh i did a lot of that too a lot of, a lot of time in the principal office too but i also got a book called the walk coming and basically what that's about is a uh, truck driver gets where is you know basically kind of primmered off my job that i used to have um waiting over a yard and kind of made a story there is mp goes off we get hit with a few nukes everything's shut down anything you know it's electronic it's completely wide out no power and he's got to walk his ass home 300 miles. This is what's about 300, 300. Hmm. It's about 300 miles, I think. Um, round trip. One way or round trip. I can't remember. So he just kind of, and it just kind of goes through the, what he did. And he's a prepper too. So he had stashes in between. Kind of help you out if he needed to walk home. Because you can't pack everything. Mm-hmm. You need to resupply. And, and as I was writing it, a lot of the stuff that came out of this book just kind of, hey, this is an idea that pours into my head as I'm writing it, writing it out. Hey, this sounds cool. And um, like one part, there's a dog in the in, in the story. And I wasn't planning on that. It just kind of wrote itself in there. I don't, like I said, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> and I feel sorry for whoever has to edit this book because that's probably going to cost me a lot to put this <laughs> into book form, correct my spelling, and probably rewrite and change the things a little bit to Probably this, it'll mean the same thing, but better wording. We know a lot of authors. Cool. So if you need any questions answered or anything like All that, right. reach out. Well, definitely. It's always nice to have a build you. That's one thing about being on the show, too. Um, I'm, there's a huge network now of bladesmiths that I know I'm good friends with. And I pick their brains often on different mm-hmm. projects I've never tried. It's always good to have that network, build that uh coalition of friends and now we speak to an empty chair <laughs> he got bored apparently yeah me rambling i don't blame him he's like you know i've had enough i'm done i gotta get a beer listen to this guy drink <laughs> um but yeah it's just you know i guess that's a long definition of success there so <laughs> any other questions before we keep on rambling um uh, i don't nice legs buddy Not the gut, the legs. <laughs> You're welcome. My dogs are freaking out, so I had to go see what was going on. Oh, uh, dad duty. <laughs> dad duty. Uh, Brad, do you have any more questions for him before we button this one up? I do not. We're going to like have some really cool intro music or, you know, dun da dun and all just kidding. <laughs> working on it, but the people that make that shit, it's like $2,500 for a 10-second intro song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I, um, well, last Saturday um, – I'll have the promotion video clip out probably in the next few days. And then it'll be a like a little longer YouTube video, a little bit long, expanded off that. Uh, we filmed that last Saturday and that was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, and he, I guess there's a prescription plan of music and using that way you have the rights to use certain music and such. Mm-hmm. So that's something you might want to look into. Oh, we have like a video intro for YouTube, but it has nothing to do with the podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah so well cool man i appreciate you taking some time and goofing off with us and um i hope that whatever i said i made sense because i'm sitting there thinking what the hell do i talk because if you notice i get real fast and i try to slow myself down i catch slow it down slow it down Uh, but it's a lot this is definitely fun first for me so uh anyone who's interested it's mike's damascus knives llc correct uh no uh, mike's, it's mike's damascus what, llc no 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 uh 
Well, yeah, I guess you can just Google Mike's Damascus Knives or Mike's Damascus LLC. The website is mikesdamascusknives.com. Um, Facebook is Mike's Damascus LLC because we had to take out the name Knives because that's weaponry. He goes, I can't, I can't get any standards of communist Facebook. Oh, did I say that out loud? Sorry. <laughs> um, Facebook, you know, and so they kind of restricted my page. And as soon as I took that off, a bunch more tools popped up. Um, and it's Mike D knives on Instagram. So I did all sorts of ways, you know, or, you know, four, three, five, two, eight, seven, six, three, 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 nine to five. You can get a hold of me or just send me a message on through Facebook. It's the best way. <laughs>